1: I'm super excited about today's podcast because today we'll
0: have one more email marketing nerd with us. (laughs) Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Flowium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Flowium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hello, everyone,
1: welcome to Flowium podcast, we are email marketers at an email marketing agency called Flowium. And we are very, very passionate about email marketing. And because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. And we specialize in providing premium full service e-commerce email marketing experiences to all of our clients. And our services are tailored specifically for your business. And they're designed to help you Increase your online retail revenue by 20 to 50 five zero percent deliver the right message to the right person at the right moment that's what we are all here about and I'm super excited about today's podcast because today we'll have one more email marketing nerd with us (laughs) (laughs)
0: very 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 excited so guys as Vera has mentioned we do have an amazing special guest today she is a fellow email Einstein that we are super grateful to have on We're super ready to learn and we hope that you are too. But before we have her introduce herself, I will do a little introduction. So Ashley K. DeLuca has mastered email marketing for e-commerce and service-based businesses by doing exactly what we've been preaching to all of you listeners for the last year, sending relevant and intentional content to your subscribers. She's worked with many six to seven figure businesses ranging from business coaching to health and wellness physical products funnily enough she actually started working at panera got into website design and then started diving deep into the world of email marketing so you know she's an expert especially in terms of what is good and bad mac and cheese because panera mac and cheese can i get an amen <laughs> and one of her biggest goals with email marketing is to simplify email marketing as a whole and send emails that actually start conversations again going back to the stuff that we've been talking with you guys about over the last year she's obsessed with guacamole which i definitely can't blame her for she loves sea turtles and more importantly she is also obsessed with helping people build a relationship first company with email marketing ashley Please say hi.
2: Oh my gosh. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm super incredibly excited to be here and to get the fellow Einstein hat today.
1: <laughs> I love how random the facts about you. Obsessed yeah. with guacamole, love sea turtles. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And email marketing. I yep. love how random those facts are. Yeah. I love it.
2: Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity and reputation. Introducing Flowium's Brand Voice Course. Get a step-by-step guide on creating your brand voice. Learn about what makes great branding, steps on how to describe your brand, your tone, and how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Your brand identity can be one step closer to being complete with Flowium's Brand Voice Course
1: course. Find out more at flowium.com slash Cool. Let's learn even more random facts about you, Ashley. Now let's do some quick blitz Q and A. Just like answer the first thing
0: that comes to your mind. Perfect. Perfect. Let's do it. So, Ashley, texting or calling? Oh, texting, please. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. Three peas in a pod over here. We're all texting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best place to get guacamole?
2: At an authentic Mexican restaurant. Okay. I do have a really quick thing. So, my husband he does IT for Chipotle, and he's always like, "Stop." are you supposed to say. Chipotle. And I'm oh like, God. listen, I'm just saying, it's probably like,
1: I'd rather go get it from the place down the street. But if I have to, I will get it from Chipotle. Okay, that's all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that do you is have great. any like
1: discounts like special discounts because he works there
2: he actually gets like a Mac and roll like benefits um so we do a gift card each month essentially to be able to get a good chunk of chipotle we usually get chipotle mm-hmm. once a week with it between the three of us oh, um nice. and so yeah and they like they're really awesome i really i was like you can stay with them unless you decide to go to chick-fil-a then we, we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk then
0: oh my <laughs> gosh those are like my husband is obsessed with chipotle like actually obsessed <laughs> if it was up to him he'd eat it for breakfast lunch and dinner so a little jealous but that sounds awesome <laughs> okay and then last question for me place you most want to travel to
2: oh my golly gee um i'm gonna say puerto rico um Ooh. because it's on the calendar to go to puerto rico in <gasps> september so that's like my my thing right now i'm like i'm ready to go to puerto rico like right now oh my that's gosh exciting. that's awesome
0: that's so that's amazing. exciting
1: oh Cool. The next one. Favorite Disney character? Finding Nemo. Ooh, good one. An yep. unexpected one too. Like yep. people usually go with Disney princesses. So yep. <laughs> that's a good one. Your power song? Ooh, I love Lizzo. I love any
2: good song by Lizzo. I'm like here for all yeah. the Lizzo. I think I'm just going to put her in my, uh, her own category.
1: <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And the last one, it's very random. Please don't judge us. Socks or mattress? Oh. I, um, I love the quietness. <laughs> <laughs> well um okay what what's the temperature
2: <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> that's a random one um just like um for now today. i guess what would
2: you choose today. today okay today today um no socks we'll ditch the socks for the mattress okay
1: okay yeah. That's fair. This is a very random question that we ask all the time because those are the two examples that we always use for our like case studies in our podcast, socks and mm-hmm. mattresses, just because they are so different. And customers who purchase socks have such a different customer journey from people who are purchasing the mattresses. That's why we always use this example. And uh, yeah, it's a very weird thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's a, a weird... very weird thing. We've just, it's a weird habit that we've come upon in the last year since recording this podcast. So yeah, it's weird.
2: <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean... You You know that I love sea turtles and avocado. And besides the fact that they're both green, that's about all they have in common. So like, I'm here for this.
1: Cool. Well, tell us more about yourself. We know a ton of random facts about you now. (laughs) Tell us more about what you do and why you do that.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I specifically my like a title, I guess, is email communication strategist. And as you've been mentioned in your podcast intro, it's really, again, it's about sending the right message at the right time to the right people people in the right place and all the right things, right? Like making sure everything aligns. And so a lot of what I do is specifically in helping build relationship first businesses, specifically in the back end with marketing. It's something that when I first dove into email marketing was not present at all. It was very much so newsletters and focusing on me and look at this award I won. And I was featured in this podcast. And I was like, listen, I, I I love you Susie Q, but like, this isn't it. Like, this is not what we're looking for. And even on the e-commerce side it was very much so transactional and so the reason mm-hmm. why I do email marketing is not just because it comes very naturally to me because I love to write I love to have conversations like if I could literally make a living just talking all day that's exactly what I would do because I just love talking and then putting that in like putting that into email format and that conversational style and approach is well too. And so yeah I mean it's my jam but more specifically I do it because of my two year old. I absolutely love my two year old and being able to back balance, the idea and the concept of like the work life and being able to be the mom that I want to be to be the business owner I want to be and to be able to make the impact that I want to make is like Mm -hmm. my huge why and the reason
1: why I do the things that I do. That's awesome. I love it.
0: I love it. So Ashley what would you say is actually relationship first email marketing but specifically in like the physical products e-commerce world and why does it matter
2: this is such a great question because a lot of times yeah it's like what what in the world does it mean relationship first like are we trying to date everybody and (laughs) my response is like listen yes in a way we are trying to date our subscribers and I think one of the biggest things and I kind of just alluded to like the whole trans transactional versus transformational and a lot of Times specifically in the e-commerce world, it's very much so just about the product. It's very much Mm. so like, Hey, once you buy this, I'm going to use suitcase because like we're, I'm still on this Puerto Rico travel thing. I'm sorry. But like, (laughs) I think a lot about in terms of a suitcase, like, Oh, you buy the suitcase. It's it. Awesome. We got, we got your monies and that's all it's about. And for me, it's more so not just even in the world of upselling it's in terms of with like, I want you to love your suitcase for the rest of your life so much so that you're going to refer your... Hubby to go and get a suitcase, which is exactly yeah. what happened for me. I was like, I got this awesome suitcase. I was like, You need one too. I'm sorry, but like I already bought <laughs> what you want in black. You know, and like being able to like <laughs> create that referral network to be able to create it in a way that, like, listen, I already have on my wish list for Christmas that I want the like little carry-on bag thing that goes on top of my carry-on now, you know, that they purchased. So, like for me, relationship first email marketing matters because you have people on the other side of your email platform, right? right? Like, And this is one thing that as well, too, is that in a very transactional state, we're just like, oh, we need more emails. We need more emails. We need more emails. And I see this taught a lot of times as well, too, is that like it's all just about getting more emails and hoarding all of these emails. And I'm like, listen, dude, like it's not about getting more emails. It's about using the emails you already have, crafting a relationship to them that they actually work in your benefit of creating this referral network and making them feel like, oh, my gosh, I know the founder of this company so well. Or I know this company, you know, everyone's a little bit different. Different. and as you guys know sometimes the founder is very much so involved sometimes it's more so like no it's like all about this persona of the company and really just putting that first and making people feel like oh they actually care about me right
1: yeah so what I'm you're totally saying that. that you recommend to use more not product specific emails, but more like relationship specific or how to explain it. Yeah. So something like this, right?
2: Yeah. And I'll even be a little bit more specific as well, too, because you're just like, well, what are relationship emails? Like, what what does that even mean?
1: Right. Especially in e-commerce in like physical product e-commerce. So it's like a different world from the service world, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely. Some of the same principles still apply, um, which I know we'll get into most likely a little bit later because they always come up. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that when relationship emails come into play, I think very much so about the person on the other side. And that's where mm-hmm. my first thought goes into is I'm like, OK, so I'm going to stick on this suitcase tangent real quick. Mm-hmm. So within like a suitcase, like what else is it that like would be really powerful for that person to have? What would make having a suitcase even more enjoyable? What would be more so of like what other resources or tips or tricks can I help them? Maybe it's like, hey, here's like six methods on how you can go through the process of essentially packing your suitcase and making sure that you can fit everything without having to sit on it. Cause we all know that like, especially us women, like, and this may be a stereotype, but like, we're all, I just say this because this is me. I'm sorry. Like I'm very much (laughs) so like, I will sit on my suitcase and be like, I just need to get one more sweater inside. And like, (laughs) Thinking about those scenarios, thinking about those situations and then bringing that into life within your email marketing are those relationship building things because they're like, oh my gosh, they totally get me. They totally saw me last night trying to stuff this suitcase full of stuff. Like they get it. (laughs) And so it's really, I think also too about being relatable. And that's kind of where that relationship builds is because it's very much so conversational. Like, hey, if you're doing this, hey, I got a, you know, a 10 minute YouTube video or whatever your other like medium is for like giving your audience content. Maybe it's an Instagram live we're like hey we just like went over all these different packing methods so that way you don't have to do that it's really Mm -hmm. just about taking it in a different route as opposed to just being like you need our packing cubes like no like let's let's give you some solutions here and then if those don't work or you're like oh yeah like there's no way I can like military roll all my clothes a packing cube makes more sense then you can obviously upsell into the packing cubes yeah, That's so that makes cool. a lot
0: more sense. It's more about like reaching the customer at their pain point and focusing on their pain point And then also how you can provide a solution to their pain point. So really, really understanding like what they need as opposed to, well, not even what they need, but just really understanding like, hey, I get that like last night, you are probably sat on your couch drinking a glass of wine, <laughs> crying because X, Y, Z. We have yeah. a solution for that, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah, and okay. that goes back to like the right message at the right time and targeting and segmenting and all those amazing Mm -hmm. pieces too.
1: Right, right. And I really like how in your personal emails, I'm like subscribed to them. And like on your website, you talk a lot about how you can build relationship in email specifically through storytelling. And I think that's fascinating. And I think that brands are not using this tool enough. So tell us more about like storytelling in emails and like how can you do that and where you can do the story telling, like where to start? Yeah, totally. OK, so basically, I don't I don't have a Ph.D. in
2: stories, but I definitely tell them so much so that I have just become better because everybody's stories, especially when you start, they start off very terrible. Usually you're just like, um, OK, this this missed a whole a whole piece of it or you're like, oh, this didn't really like hit the buzzer. The best way that you can get better at stories is just to continually tell them. And I always lean into first before, like going into the email side to just talk about them. So whether you're talking about them on an Instagram live or over on Facebook, or you do a YouTube video, or maybe you do very well with written and you're like, oh, if I'm going to write a story, I can totally just write it as opposed to say it. Lean into that first. But for me, there's there's kind of two different lenses and I'm going to take this in two different routes because I have companies that I work with who fit into two different buckets. So again, you kind of have more mm-hmm. so of like the personal route where like the founders are very much so present. Their their company was created very much so based off of their story specifically or their mm-hmm. experience. So that's how the product was developed and all the things. And then you have others who are just like, okay, the founder's story doesn't really fit into that mesh. And so like the founder mm-hmm. isn't necessarily into that piece of it. So stories on the personal side when you're very much so into it. It's really easy because within that, you can pull stories that are very much so about you, things that I have going on in your life. So very randomly, one of the uh, recent stories that I told was about, my husband's going to be like, I luckily he doesn't listen to these podcast episodes, but it's okay. <laughs> I say <laughs> the like, same like,
0: thing about mine. That's so funny. <laughs>
2: He's going to be like, you're really telling this story to like all these people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell this story because I literally did. Okay. So basically <laughs> I, re- I wrote a story about how um I had went to Tripoli and I went to go, pick up our like weekly Chipotle and for some reason the system like just d- didn't take our order right and I was like oh my gosh this has never happened I just go to the shelf and get it and then I walk back to my car so I was like trying to call my husband because he had like the little gift card and all things so I go to tell this whole story and now most people would be like okay that sounds a little, like really dramatic you can't get your Chipotle like and I was like yeah like I'm playing on the drama here but I was like here's <laughs> the thing like do you know how many people have you have promised that you're going to send them an email like through days later on XYZ topic that you never did. I was like, you're leaving your subscribers stranded at Chipotle looking for their Chipotle. And so it's, it's really fun when you can take situations, whether they're funny or they're dramatic or, you know, they're a little sad or funny, like, and then pull it into what it is that you do to be able to link that together. Because a lot of times, even in more, you know, complex situations where you're just like, okay, how do I like really describe the effects of this product? Um, Specifically on like the health side of things as well when mm-hmm. you have you know sometimes it's like how can I make this in like plain English and the best way that you can do that to kind of bridge that gap is through stories right, and so right. if you're on the flip side when you're just like oh my gosh like okay the the founder is story isn't really necessarily relevant for whatever reason what you can do is you can actually use other people's stories in terms of with other people who have used that product and so the mm-hmm. best way to do that now there's there's like legal things that come along with using other people's stories and their permission and how to do that and everybody's different and it really depends on the industry as well to, but to kind of keep this like generalized, essentially what you can do is you can pull together that piece of the before that transformational moment and then after and so basically when you're writing out these stories it's very easy to identify okay this is susie before this is susie in that transformational phase when she first came across our company in an instagram ad or you know she started to try this um she went on vacation and had our suitcase and she was like oh my gosh this like literally was so much easier to go down the airplane aisle because i wasn't trying to like put it on my head because i didn't have wheels or whatever (laughs) that may be right you can be as funny as you like um and then then moving into to the afterstate of like, yeah, like this is, you know, the product that she uses, this is the results that she got and all that really fun stuff. Um, And so yeah, that's, that's basically the two different ways that I like to use stories, but literally the ones that are like very much so off the wall, random that you feel comfortable sharing that, you know, can also relate to your audience as well too, is the ones that do the best for me.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, who does it really well, like telling their customer stories. That's my personal favorite. I really like how Nike tells their mm-hmm. customers customer story like in their advertisement it's never about the product even though yes the athletes whose story they are telling they are obviously wearing Nike runners mm-hmm. or Nike leggings or whatever but they go like extra mile Nike goes an extra mile by making their customer the main character of every story mm-hmm. they tell yeah. and mm-hmm. it, it basically builds that relationship with the brand even though technically they don't talk about how awesome this material is or how comfy the shoes are, they never talk about the product itself. And that what like amazes me about their advertisement. I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. their
0: maternity brand release like that commercial or whatever, <laughs> where it's like, it's all like moms, mm-hmm. but it's like, mm, you're I an athlete. It, yeah. And it's like basically telling moms like, whether you actually play sports or not, like you're an athlete because of all the things that you have to balance and juggle and run around after your kids and etc. cetera. And right. it was so funny because I saw the advert and I was like, wow, I want to buy Nike maternity clothes. And my husband was like, <laughs> you are so such a sucker. And I was like, it's good marketing. Okay. Like it's great marketing. I
2: know. Yeah. And another company who does that same thing is Apple. Apple does the same exact thing. And I actually saw an Instagram reel. This was a couple of days ago with some other companies as well, too. And they're like, for example, Rolex. Like Rolex isn't technically selling watches, guys. Like they are selling something so much more. Uh Yeah. And the feeling behind that. And that's something as well, too, that I think is so incredibly important and why I think it's so incredibly important to you to build those relationships, because that's when you get deeper into the core of people and being able to pull out those exact people
0: for the right product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Ashley, what would you say are kind of some of your favorite ways to humanize your automated e-commerce emails?
2: Ooh. okay. So some of my favorite ways is I love to use, and I think it's now like actually proclaimed that you do say GIF when you make, when you're talking about GIFs.
0: Yeah. It's GIF, right? I knew it was GIF. I, I used to call them GIFs like Every, I, I would say GIF. gif and people are like no it's gif i'm like no that can't it's be GIF. right i yes. can't be right
2: Yes, yes, yes. So GIFs are a fun way. Um, Actually, my autoresponder has a GIF of me and my son. And I think GIFs are like very much so stop the scroll stopping, especially within emails. Because most of my emails that I do for my clients are very much so plain text. Mm -hmm. And so we do include photos, but like, especially when you can be really funny about it, like having them pop, like one of my clients, we did one where like it was for the thank you order and we had them pop up and like throw confetti and we're like, thank you and it was very fun <laughs> and very personal and so I love to do that um, I also love to just try to put in humor as much as possible mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in those really key touch points within the abandoned cart coming through with your order confirmation shipping confirmation like all of those things that a lot of times like I see so many people who just leave them as like the normal thing and I was like no these have to be delivered like they have to go through so like let's make them funny let's like make it very much so based off of your brand personality mm-hmm. um, and so I always love to come. Customize those just by, you know, being really funny about like, oh my gosh, like we just sent Susie down to drop it off at the post office. And they're gonna be like, who's Susie? We're like, we don't know who Susie is either, but like Susie totally dropped it off, you know? And like just being super funny and relatable within those. Those are like two ways. Um, and then another way as well, too, is I like to make sure that within any of like the thank you sequences, I've seen some that are just like, thank you for your order, like after they've actually received it. Um, a couple of ways that we've done this a little bit differently is including. Including like a handwritten note um, mm-hmm. where it actually like someone writes it out and then it isn't just like an image in there. I've also seen it as well, too, where it's a like little video as well, um, where it's much more like, hey, like this is actually like, you know, so incredibly excited and like going into that um, and just saying like it's very much more personal as opposed to just like, wait, I'm glad you got your order. It's so great to go. But yeah, those <laughs> are those are my some like my fun <laughs> ways of like just like thinking out of the box, like thinking totally out of the box in terms of with how you can make an impression that people will we'll mm-hmm. want
1: to talk about yeah neil patel yeah. talks a lot about it in his blog mm-hmm. and he calls it ditching propaganda for a voice mm-hmm. he talks a lot about like how important it is to have like a real human in mind when you are like creating that email right and i really yeah. liked his blog where he said like what's the return of investment of a cat meme and they actually did like a research when you're like sending a fun cat meme or something it gets like a higher open rates clicks through rates and people People love that kind of stuff because it it feels more like personal. It feels like that email are come is coming from like a real person on the other way. So that's right. that's for yeah. sure. And like one of my favorites since we started talking about like subject lines and, and stuff, Alisa, we talked about it on one of our podcasts when we were discussing the good subject lines. I really like the subject line from Groupon when they had a big promotion. They um, the subject line was the deals that make us proud, unlike our nephew Steve. <laughs> 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 (laughs) I really, really like this kind of uh, this kind of subject lines. Obviously, they have to be like on brand with like the way you talk with the way your brand talks. Um, But adding a little bit of humor is is awesome. Mm -hmm. Ashley, I really liked your podcast episode about your best email. It was like literally five minute long episode. But it was I mean, I loved it. Can you tell us a bit about your best email?
2: Oh, my gosh. Yes. I am like the queen at like sure to the point, here's what you do, go do the things. And so within the best email, um, it's actually very simple. You can use this regardless of your business type, wherever you're at. Like you can go and send this email right now, regardless of your promotional schedule, because it's very just real and authentic. And it really breaks the normal kind of email cycle for companies as opposed to like, oh, we're going to do this like every single week. This like totally revolutionized all the things. So essentially starting from the top of the email, um, the subject line for this was literally, hey, H-E-Y, that is really it. I have done different variations of like, hey there, or hi there, or something like that. Oh, any kind of greeting works. Um, and then moving into the actual body copy of the email. The reason why this works is because this was plain text. I had to actually kind of hit enter a couple of times. So that way, the bottom portion of the email with like my address and like the unsubscribe and all that had actually gone down a little bit on the person's screen. And so the body copy was like, hey, first name. And it said, what you up to today? Very much so my language. Is there anything that I can do to support you this week? Hey, reply. Let me know when you have a sec. And then I had like a little blue heart Uh, because it's very on brand for me. And then I ended up going into um, to your success or your friend, either. I think it was your friend, to be totally honest with you. And then said, Ashley. And the reason why this is like my best email ever. And I was like, I can say it in like two minutes is because the intention behind it. I think Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that really worked about this email is because so many people replied back to it and they were just like, oh my gosh, thank you for asking. Like, thank you for like coming into my inbox and asking me this. And like my mentor, reached out to me and he was like, "Um, you know, we're supposed to be like in Slack asking these kinds of questions. And I was like, no, like go back and look at it. Like, I'm so sorry. I mean, you, you signed up for my email list. Like... <laughs> <laughs> My best friend texted me, and she was like, "Dude, why why'd you email me? Like, I thought I thought we were on a texting basis here." And I was like, "Yeah, I was like go back and look at it." And I had directed so many back to I'm like, "Just no, no, like I uh, I mean I care about your response, like I truly truly do." And I was just like, "Just go back and look at it." And they were like, "Oh, I see what you did there." And the biggest thing within that is I got so many responses back, and people who have taken that email copy and made it into their own language because I know not everybody in the world says what you. <laughs> (laughs) Um, you know went through and like changed it into their own copy changed the question you know not necessarily maybe like what what can I support you this week but like specific to their product like how can I support you in your help journey this week or whatever that may be and so many people get responses and opportunities to be like oh my gosh I totally totally meant to reach out to you about x y and z like can we schedule a call one of my clients she got several sales calls off of that to be able to sell into her program one of my e-commerce businesses specifically it opened up so many opportunities for education around the products, because a lot of times people just need that open door to say, Hey, mm-hmm. like I'm totally open. Like I'm here to help you. I want to serve you as opposed to just including it down at the bottom as a random CTA of like, Oh, I'll just ask if I can support them this week. Like that was the only intention of the email. Like I didn't include any links about a podcast I was on. I didn't include any links about any, like of my digital products or anything like that. I was just very much so
1: like the entire intention of this is to know how I can support you and it changed everything for me it's really cool and we are doing like a similar thing with a post-purchase sequence mm-hmm. um, for some people and uh, for some brands and we always have the email number two of the post-purchase sequence or even sometimes in email number one we ask about like hey like how can we help you like what questions we can answer mm-hmm. um, about the product or something at least you did the same with your clients right
0: yeah all the time. And we find that it's, it's a little bit better. It works out a little bit better for our clients. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And you get the brownie points from ESPs as well, because when people respond to your email in the eyes of the, of those like services like Google or Yahoo or whatever, it says that, Hey, this, this sender is legit. Like yeah. give them some extra, extra points to their sender's reputation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, mm-hmm.
0: Ashley. What are some simple email types that anybody who is either in the email marketing world for e-commerce or is an e-commerce business owner that's trying to handle their own email marketing? What can they use in order to increase open rates and increase their sales while not coming off as too salesy? Mm. Yes,
2: this is always like the magical question of like, how do we not balance too the- salesy? Yep, yeah. yeah. How do we balance the thing? because especially in e-commerce, it can get really tricky because you're like, no, I am here to sell my product to do the things. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times like we do mention the products because we do want them to know that they exist and all that. But, okay, so one of the things that I'll say, um, one of the email types is doing an educational with a, I like to call it a mini mention. So the way that I like to mini mention products is anytime I reference the product, even if it's not like a direct CTA of like, I'll go back to my suitcase example of like, buy the suitcase for $9.97. Like, it's not very much so, like, direct. It could just be, like, talking about You know, the differences in suitcases locks, for an example, like if we're gonna if that's like one of the main selling points of your suitcase, and you're like, I want to educate them why my lock makes the most amount of sense, like why it's more secure or TSA approved Mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. Anytime I reference it in terms of like, okay, so our signature suitcase, you know, has a you know TSA approved lock that is four digits long or whatever, right? This is very much so off the bat. I would literally just go ahead and link directly over to the product with that mention. And the reason why that works is because a lot of times as people are reading, I've noticed that people will click as they're reading through. And sometimes I won't even get to the bottom of the email to the other CTA or the other focus of the email even if you're trying to drive them to another educational piece of content or even to the product. Right. It allows you to be able to, again, mini mention without being salesy, without being like super in your face because the whole context of that paragraph or that sentence is still to educate. But if they're like, oh, the signature suitcase, like what is this? Right. They can still click and go on over to it. Right. One of the other things that I'll mention with educational content, specifically in e-commerce is so often there's a lot that you can talk about. You know, there's so much that you can kind of dive into that you can go deep into and you're just like, okay, like how do we even define what we should even be educating our audience about? Mm -hmm. I think the best way that you can do that is to look at your FAQs up to the product and create educational content around that. I think that another way that you can do that is what are kind of the supporting pieces that would then help them become more confident in purchase? so maybe it is educating very much so about the locks and the different kind of lock types even though like most people would be like well why do you need to learn about the locks? Like for me, when I bought my suitcase, for an example, I was very much so like, I want to know everything. Like, tell me everything about this Mm -hmm. suitcase. Like, because it was a premium product. I mean, there is a premium brand, right? And so for that purpose of it, especially if you have a premium product, it's super important to dive into those details because your buyers are going to be interested in those details. Now for e-commerce products that are necessarily like more so, I wouldn't say lower cost, but not necessarily like premium. Like it's a lot easier to be able to turn them around and be like, oh yeah, I can take that risk, lower risk, I should say. For those ones, um, it is easy to be able to kind of really just more so focus on those kind of questions or just providing what I like to call supporting content beams. And so thinking about like your supporting content pillars. So for an example, let's say that you sell like lipstick for an example, within our like socks. E- our socks. Okay, let's go the sock route. I for the socks. Let's, <laughs> let's do this actually. loves the socks. Vera loves oh the gosh. Gosh. <laughs> Okay, so like let's okay. So within this, like, okay, socks are pretty low risk, right? I would say a pair of socks, like especially, I don't know, like five dollars, maybe more. I don't know. How much how much are your socks?
1: I mean, we work with brands that sell like $30 socks, but $30 socks. Okay. I'm going for
2: these $30 socks then. <laughs> All right, so I can get you a Discount, <laughs> i know the guy <laughs> all right so we're gonna we're gonna talk about these 30 dollars socks okay do they have avocados or sea turtles on them by chance of course anything you want okay. Okay. we're All right. We're doing avocado socks over here for $30. (laughs) Okay. So what are some of the things in terms of with sock education that would make sense? Well, sock height, right? Like let's talk about sock height. Like what kind of sock height do you need? What's trendy? What's in style? What may be coming up? You know, a lot of times for me, like when I think about socks, I'm like, okay, well, which ones are actually going to stay on my ankles, right? Like which ones Mm aren't going to roll down. So that could be like a whole email right there about how your socks don't roll down because you have a special silicone thingamabopper around it. I'm not sock educated. I'm so sorry. So think of a bopper is going to have to work. You know, you could talk about the material in terms of with, you know, how your sock material is different and why that is. But specifically going back to more so of that pain point of like, why would they buy like, why would they be interested in your $30 socks? Because they're not interested in the $5 socks at Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. They want specifically socks that are not going to roll down, that are comfy, that are going to last, that aren't going to get holes after twice in the shower. They want their dogs to be able to pick them up and not get a hole. In it just because they want to play tug of war. Like I want tug-of-war-worthy socks over here. So, like, these are all things within the educational realm that you can like dive into. You can be fun, you can be humorous, you can tell stories around about how your socks did survive a tug-of-war, you know, against my doc my bass and hound baxter who loves to tear up all the things. Like that could be totally a thing. Okay, so <laughs> within that as well, so cool. too. You know, within the other email types, I think the biggest thing is really it's it's the process of education to then support the sale, but also too within that, you can really just honestly focus on like what I call the connector email and the connector email is very much so about like sitting down with your you know your preferable like ideal client and being like listen like your socks are terrible but in a very nice way like being able to like connect with them and be like listen I know what it's like to have terrible socks I know what it's like and like more so focusing into like how would you have a conversation like how would you like very much so talk to the person across from you about socks if they're coming to you they're like oh my gosh I absolutely hate my socks like dive into that and really much more so focusing on how can I like get at the same level that relatability factor and to be able to bring that in. So that's where stories come in as well too that mm-hmm. really play a role in like creating these connector emails and just thinking about again the scenarios that they're going through to be able to right. push them together. That, that's really what it's all about. People just want to be seen and heard. They want to feel like you get it and they also want to feel like oh my gosh like this is what it's all about. These avocado socks are it for me. This is what I'm so excited
1: for yeah that's awesome and it always comes down to like knowing your customer and understanding where they are coming from and what's their end goal with all of my clients we're trying to show like before and after whatever product we are selling there is always the before um, before they are coming to us with some of their pain points and then our products or our brand resolves that pain point so Mm -hmm. that's what we are trying to achieve actually you talk on your website you talk about the 5c of email communication. Mm-hmm. What are they? Just like quickly, briefly summarize them for us.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. So going through, um, basically the thing you need to know is you have to have the first before you get to the next one. So the very first thing is you have to have a connection point. So this is where stories come into play, those relevancy touch points. When you create these relevant, memorable moments, that's when you become memorable. So that's why I use mm-hmm. avocados and sea turtles as part of my brand, because that's what leads then into conversation, because I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean you like avocados and sea turtles? But more specifically within that, that's when you can start to say, Hey, like, yeah, we have these specialty items. We have these special things because they mean X, Y, and Z for us. So for an example, if I were to own an e-commerce business, I would specifically have products around, um, Down syndrome because I have two brothers with Down syndrome. And so for me, that means a lot to me. So i probably have the Joey and Josh line, <laughs> you know, and like, that's a connection and a conversational point um, that you can then use within your brand. So that's kind of like bridging the gap there. Okay. So the next piece of this is customer journey. I know y'all talk a lot about in terms of making sure things Mm -hmm. make the most amount of sense within that, but more so specifically within customer journey, I think it's really incredibly important to make sure that you don't just dive into the details, but have that 8,000 foot view of all the things. And that'll really help with making sure that you don't overwhelm people and you make sure that you give them the V. VIP best experience ever. The next piece of this is congruency, and for me, congruency is really much more about not just like what your emails look like, but also the tone and the language that you're using, and all of that really fun stuff. And so, when it comes down to communication, I think it's really crucial to make sure that in everything that you're doing, even if you, you know, you bring in somebody into your email marketing world, that like you take the time to go through everything to make sure that that voice matches. Because a lot of times, it's very easy to be like, oh, well, how this person coming out and like all the things. So mm-hmm. make sure that it's congruent is so incredibly important. And then the last piece of this is consistency. Consistency is so crucial. You know, it kind of goes back to the whole concept of dating. Like you're not just going to go out on the first date and then peace out and then be like, oh yeah, like I was totally expecting a second date. Yep. <laughs> you want to <laughs> make sure that you're consistently showing up because email is the way essentially that people will actually see your name and then go somewhere else and be like, oh yeah, I remember she's over on Instagram or oh yeah, I remember she has. As a podcast, all just by
1: sending that email and seeing your name—that's so cool. And remember, Alisa, in one of our first episodes, we actually talked about the fact that people need to see your brand in like different settings for like thirty to sixty times or something to start recognizing the brand. Can you yep. like imagine? You have yep. to have like so many connections with the customer for so them to many. actually. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, and the higher the price point, I think we said that the more touch points necessary. So I think the starting is like. 17 or 18 mm-hmm. but if you're trying to buy a rolex you're gonna need like 500 <laughs> <laughs>
1: before before you actually convert yeah, yeah before you actually
0: commit which is true it's very true yeah
1: i really like this four or five points that we just discussed it's like a really nice summary of our episode so let's just like revise them all again so connection understanding customer journey congruency and consistency right mm-hmm. yep. And yep and conversation yeah and conversation yeah Yeah, so these are the big ones. Ashley, I know that you're launching your book very soon. Tell us a few words about this book and what it's going to be about and uh, when are you launching?
2: Yes, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this because this is like my heart and my soul of like all of my podcast episodes and my entire brain into one thing, which I'm super excited for. (laughs) So the book is called Own Your Table and to kind of like bridge the gap here, like owning your table looks like you owning your power as the expert in your industry simply by Mm -hmm. using email marketing. And for me, it really looked like, you know, my entire life, I was always struggling wanting to be at other people's tables. And it wasn't until I really dove into email marketing and started my own table, that's when it started to change everything. That's when I started to actually turn an email list profitable. That's when I started Mm -hmm. to create back-end growth and sales on autopilot through what I was doing and then being able to replicate that for other businesses as well too, simply by putting people at their own table at the head of it. And so inside of the book, it's all about learning the exact strategies that I use um, to be able to create five figures via email marketing alone, um, how to create profitable conversations within your emails, and how I increase open and click rates by creating a community of subscribers that hit reply. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's very much so a lot about what we talked about today, just like on Mm -hmm. 60 different levels of Skittles and sugar and all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you guys are interested in learning more about it, I am in the process right now of doing a crowdfunding campaign for me to be able to get this email marketing book out there into the world to be able to create a ripple of how to really ditch the transactional and really more so focus on creating Mm -hmm. transformational email marketing. So you can hop on over to ashleykdeluca.com forward slash book that's where you'll be able to learn all the things about the book if you would like to grab a reward I have tons of rewards and fun stuff coming up along with that as well too how do you want to learn more about it that's awesome thank
0: you so much thank you that's really helpful yes oh my gosh thank you
1: and we will definitely link all of the resources mm-hmm. that we mentioned in this podcast they will all be in the description box so just yeah. like scroll there and check out Ashley's website it's super cute and you can <laughs> learn a lot about content and email marketing from her podcast as well yeah. so we'll link Link it in the description as well. Awesome.
0: Ashley, thank you so much. For
2: being so much fun, today, Ashley. Yes. Oh my gosh, my husband's going to be so excited because I'm going to be all talked out of email marketing, and he doesn't have to listen to it as on our way to Chipotle <laughs> to tonight. So they be
1: like, "Oh, you can talk about something normal tonight." We're like, "Yeah, let's talk about the clouds." <laughs> it was so hard for me, Ashley, not to talk about email marketing on the previous podcast that we recorded yeah. with you. <laughs> uh, we were talking about like how to be a mompreneur and all that stuff, like different life hacks of like managing time and stuff like that. But I had like a gazillion email marketing questions and it was so hard for me not to ask them. So thank you so much for coming today and letting us ask you all of the nerdy email marketing questions. Yeah. It's always a pleasure.
0: Oh, yes. Always. Always. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. We love having you guys on here, even if it's kind of through the digital space. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. And if you like what we do, please don't forget, leave us a review. If you are interested in getting involved in a email marketing community with a bunch of other email marketing nerds, email marketing Einsteins, whatever you want to call us. Make sure that you check us out at flowam.com slash community. It's an open forum for e-commerce business owners, e-commerce email marketeers, and just people who like to know more about email marketing within the e-commerce space as a whole. Again, open forum, everyone's asking questions, discussing, dialoguing back and forth. We have a lot of our own team members who hop on there and answer as many questions as possible. So make sure that you check it out.
1: Cool. And uh, you guys, come back next Tuesday because we will be talking to one more email Einstein, Andrei Bytchuk, and we will be discussing email marketing agencies versus doing it yourself. All of the pros, all of the cons. We'll discuss like when to consider an email marketing agency and even like what you can do yourself. And we'll share some juicy resources as well. So come back next Tuesday. And thank you so much for listening to this